0: Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys podcast. It is Tuesday, April 19th when we're recording this. Uh, and yeah, it's just brand new week, brand new information. Um, yeah,
1: you'll be, you guys will be hearing this on Thursday again.
0: But uh, yeah,
1: back at it again. Got another pod for you boys. Uh, today, big meat of this will be on the NFL draft.
0: Next week, next, next week, Thursday
1: uh but when when you're hearing this it'll be exactly one week away so now
0: what i do want to say uh Lock in on that today if you guys oh, yeah. haven't yet subscribed on whatever platform you're listening make sure to subscribe rate us give us the five stars um make sure subscribe if,
1: follow or whatever
0: if you have not followed called. on tiktok said. follow on tiktok we do also have a tiktok now as i said uh, we got some NFL draft stuff on there, so if you're into that kind of stuff, highly recommend that you uh, go listen and watch it. It's at WaterboyPod. Uh, but to start off today, today's episode, uh, I just got a, a little interesting factoid here. So the UCF football team in their spring game decided to put big uh, QR codes on their jerseys. I don't know what you think of that idea, but I think it's like really cool. So like basically you can scan the QR code and it will show the players' statistics, their charities, their apparel. Um, you know,
1: like all their social media platforms. All their and social stuff. media stuff. Yeah. No, I think kind of a cool idea. Uh I think uh like even thinking about that like Super Bowl out with the QR code, like this new generation, like that stuff catches aren't uh that catches our attention. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of a cool thing they did. Uh, I think as we transition to this NIL landscape, uh, teams will try to be promoting their players a little bit more. I think that'll be helpful in recruiting. I think players will want to go to schools that know they try to promote their players and get them deals. So uh, good job on UCF.
0: Uh, I feel like, I mean, obviously this feels like the kind of thing that probably starts in college. Like if you're in the NFL, like, it's probably not as big of a thing, but I could see this. Extending. Yeah, it's probably not as necessary, but I can yeah. see this extending into other sports, like especially like either the NBA or the MLB, if you have a tiny little QR code, not a big one, but kind of like on the front or back side of the Jersey, or maybe even on the side and the, and the MLB, you know, kind of on the arm sleeve that you can scan, like if you're on TV and you're just either a new, like kind of followers or something you want to learn like that's a great way to learn and a great way to support players that you like but specifically yeah, no. with, mm. specifically with college football i think that having a little patch would be great for nil deals and for someone who doesn't really follow college football or not like you don't really know like all the players that you see on college like that that play on game day in college football yeah, you and know, I mean, you know, you know when, when wants, you talk but... kind of
1: like a smaller school like UCF, not in a Power Five conference, I mean, yeah, I, I think this is a good move on UCF. It shows that they're putting an effort to get their players' names out there and you know uh, promote them and stuff. So I think good on UCF. Uh, like real quick, just while we're on the subject of NIL, uh, I think uh we're kind of seeing the changes in NIL. What's kind of going on, uh? Something uh, really interesting I want to talk about, the transfer portal, how it's just running rampant. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ohio State in their last four years, I think uh, before last season, for the three seasons before, so going into 2021, 2020, and 2019, Ohio State only had four to five transfers leave the school per year over those years. Last season, going into this year, Ohio State had 14 players enter the transfer portal. So, and the, the crazy thing is I'm really not concerned at all of the outlook of Ohio State. I really don't think this is a bad. I think this is good moves on the players there. I think the transfer portal has opened up ton of doors for players. They get second chances now. I think it is a good thing. Uh, I, but yeah, what, what do you think?
0: I, I mean, I think that one, so a lot of the players who probably transfer from Ohio State are probably more depth players. I mean, if, you got, if, you, yeah. if you're playing on Ohio State, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a deaf player or not. Like, it's really hard to be there. So, a deaf player there probably would be able to start on a lower kind of end, like D1 Definitely. College. Yeah, and, no, and
1: the players know that too. So, right.
0: I mean. So, I mean, you can get your training up there. Like, you know, like their conditioning stuff's unparalleled to a lot of other powerhouse schools or other just D1 colleges in general. So, you can train there and you can transfer. But I, I think a lot of people who complain about the transfer portal – are really kind of like old root rooted traditional fans who don't like um, you know, like the basis. Yeah, of you know, they, they don't like the the these changing
1: ground. things. They like players sticking there for all four right. years, it's, it's, you know. You know, it's, it's all about it's like traditional one, yes, yeah.
0: yeah, the one team mentality. And I think that having the transfer portal opens up so many new possibilities and it's almost like its own little free agency but on, yeah. on but like almost even better just because of the sheer amount of players that move around like you could have a team like last year USC not a great football team last year by any means this year this next year, they're like contenders and yeah, that's, exactly that's they just took the over the
1: board. portal literally reloaded just everywhere upgraded they got receivers quarterbacks running backs basically de- every position and linebacker they got everything needed, you know yeah. so uh, no, but I, I think with the transfer portal, kind of something that just popped up, I think that'd be kind of cool. So, with the transfer portal becoming such a big and noticeable thing in college football, this new NCAA college football video game better have a transfer portal in it. That I mean, come on, could you imagine? So, you're recruiting players, and once you get to the off season, step one it's convincing your players to not leave and hit the portal. Like, oh my God, you know, it's so like I in the like last NCA, you'd be like guaranteeing players. It was really easy to get players to come back, but one of them would be like, oh, you, you want to come back? I'll guarantee you like 75% snaps, like for a D lineman, or like, I'll guarantee you're a starter, you know, the, the, like little promises like that. I think that could be a fun little addition into that game. Having a transfer portal aspect uh you know having to keep your players and then also going after literal college players and uh ba- back to the real world the transfer portal just in general for college coaches i think long term it might might uh really hurt high school recruits so right now i think a lot of college coaches have even come out and said it's it's a much safer bet recruiting a kid who already played a year or two in college, you, you see what he is in college. It's much easier to scout and, you know, predict how they will actually pan out if you take them from college than high school. I know a lot of coaches have been saying that. Uh, but yeah, what, what do you think?
0: Now, now, that is true. I mean, that's the same thing like the, the, the NFL, you know, having a veteran player that you've seen in the NFL, obviously you know what you're getting into because you've seen them play at that level in comparison to drafting a player. Even if the drafting player has potential, that's kind of like the same concept in this. The, well, the portal, only
1: difference is you only have the players for at maximum four well, years in college and most likely three. So right, right, that's right, the difference. Right. But,
0: but I, I'm not stating about that part. I'm, I'm more stipulating the concept of knowing what you're getting versus potential, right? In high school, if you recruit a player well enough, and they like your instance, your college well enough, and they want to play there, if you are actually giving them the playing time, the reps that they need, unless they play to such high level that they're going to want to transfer somewhere, unless you're in a powerhouse school for the most part, they won't transfer. So, on honestly, if 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 it's a good enough player, you know, I would prioritize them over the transfer portal getting someone to get because a player that you get in the transfer portal. Could be good, you know, you could get like a Justin Field or something from the transfer transfer portal, a Quinn and Evers, but you could also get a Spencer Rattler. And I don't know about well, you.
1: When you look at those rankings, they the transfer portal ranking, they, they don't they don't rank the players the same than when they came out of high school. So like for example, like Jackson Dart was ranked above Spencer Rattler coming out of the portal, but when they were in high school, I don't even think they were the same class, but Spencer Rattler was like number one, and Dart was probably like 30, 40 or so. So oh,
0: right, but I, I'm just saying like they're South Carolina. They re rank.
1: They re rank in the portal. Right, but yeah, I'm, I'm saying on. I'm
0: saying South Carolina is trusting their future of their organization on the shoulders of a quarterback who did not perform to, up to expectations at all last year. Instead, I mean, like if it works out, that's that's phenomenal for their for 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 their college, but. Instead of they could have tried heavily recruiting a higher quarterback prospect. I would. I'm
1: gonna be honest. I think that's a bad example because no high school quarterback would ever pick South Carolina. Like honestly, now that now that you really just made me think about it, that's actually such a big pickup for South Carolina. Their alternative is like a three-star kid from random places in Carolina. Like honestly, for them, that was a good move. Okay. Uh, the one thing that I can I can kind of take your side on. Uh sometimes like transfer portal players, they might have a bit of an ego. They might come in and be expecting to start or something yeah. that could create problems. I know uh one of the big transfer portal names last year, uh corner out of LSU, Eli Ricks, uh, he was rumored to be going to Ohio State for the longest time. He was taking so many visits there, like talking to the coaches all the time, legally while he was in the portal. Uh, just got to make sure. But that that's just really wanted to get that out there. Uh, but eventually, Ohio State, they, I think they determined we don't want to bring this guy in and upset the other guys in the room. Ohio State has a bunch of really young, good DB prospects. They just need to develop, but they will get there. But right now, they are very, very young. Uh, in terms of corner, which uh, Eli Ricks is playing. So the Ohio State uh, coaches, they decided, let's not bring this guy in. We think he will mess up the chemistry with the DB room and stuff. So I can understand that aspect. Uh, I I think for the one position, though, I would 100% hit the portal is quarterback. That's that's the one position where I would 1,000% rather have a college transfer than start a freshman a hundred percent true freshmen do not it, it was rare that Trevor Lawrence won a natty when he was a true freshman that does not happen I think Tua did too when he came back against Georgia yeah, was but, he but a that, true that freshman
0: was, I think he might have been and he might have put it but that was more he was subbing in
1: no no I know but I'm just saying it is rare for true freshmen to, to like lead their team as a quarterback uh quarterback is what I'm saying other positions they, they could stand up yeah. but for quarterback I it's just so rare like when we look back to guys like Jameis and Johnny Manziel they were redshirt freshmen I know they were still freshmen but they had a year to learn their system they had a year to sit under their coaches learn the offense way different than a true freshman literally coming into college when a year before they were playing high school football you know
0: yeah I no, I I get the I, I would say you know you're going through the transfer portal. Obviously, I mean the 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 biggest player on the team that like you know a lot of people say is is the quarterback. So having a, a pre-established quarterback obviously is a big pickup. And you know obviously you're going to be developing these quarterbacks behind whoever you have because like you said you lose them so quickly.
1: Yeah, um, and you want quarterback depth. And and another yeah. thing I want to say. You you only need one good season. You only need one good season as a starter to get drafted number one. Look at Joe Burrow. Look at Kyler Murray. Uh, like who who else? I you need one good season, and I think these quarterbacks know that. So I think elite quarterback institutions. I'm throwing Ohio State in there my, now, but my, Ohio State, USC, X, Oklahoma. I think hopefully guys won't be transferring away unlike Quinn Ewers. Uh you only need one year starters. I mean, you can sit wait till senior ball up and boom, number one.
0: The one thing I do want to say though, specifically about Kyler Murray, is the the reason why he was driving so hard, like, yeah, he had a phenomenal season. That was like his one season, but it was also because just his pure athleticism, like you don't go in the first round of the MLB draft and
1: No, I know. Kyler Murray's a freak athlete. I mean, he's a little short, but freak athlete. Uh, Don't get me wrong. But Joe Burrow, come on. Yeah. You know? All all I got to say. Yeah. uh, Real quick, uh, one last thing I want to bring about college football. Uh, Ohio State had their spring game over the weekend. Uh, Just one thing I I, I was really, really – pleased to see and made me very happy i just think we got weapons back i i i don't think we're gonna miss a beat in this passing offense without garrett or olave i think some new names uh guys look out for uh a mecca number two he's a true sophomore five-star recruit lightning fast uh this guy even made a really good catch in the rose bowl great back shoulder fade made a great catch uh and then another guy uh, i want to point out uh jaden ballard number 10 uh he's a tall fast receiver uh i think he's like 62 63 extremely fast uh they're saying that's another uh receiver to look out for that may not be flashy five star like we all know jackson smith and marvin harrison i don't i didn't need to bring them up but yeah yeah just some names yeah. uh, to look out for but yeah that's kind of all I got for uh Ohio
0: State. Just It'll be interesting next year. I awesome mean yeah the uh the spring spring football season is uh is coming to an end. Um so we won't mm-hmm. hear much about any programs until next summer year.
1: camp starts up. Yeah uh yeah uh but I want to talk a little bit about the NBA uh Real quick, uh, I wanted to bring up that Celtics Nets game. Kyrie going in Boston, back to the place where literally everyone hates him at Fenway Park today. They had a, they had some uh, f u Kyrie chants going on at Fenway today. So uh, clearly, the Boston love for Kyrie is strong and real right now. Uh, I
0: love it personally. One thing,
1: one thing that I just love though, I do like Kyrie a lot. I. I truly have never hated a team in any sport other than Michigan in my life, other than the golden state warriors when they were on their run. And I just, I was rooting so hard for the Cavs to come back three, one. And so Kyrie will always have a special place in my heart, especially for hitting that shot over Steph too. But, uh, the one thing I just want to say, like Kyrie balled out in that game. Like he was, making every shot down the stretch and it would have been heartbreaking for the Celtics to choke. I think they had a double digit lead. And if they were to choke that with Kyrie leading the nets back, like that, that would have been a heartbreaking loss for the Celtics. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, one aspect that I thought you were going to talk about is, is kind of a, obviously it's, it's Boston, but um, Kyrie in Boston isn't even, added thing on top of that flipping off fans cursing people like I think it's going to be a great series specifically because of that
1: and I loved it because honestly that's that's what like that's what sports needs like like it's playoff basketball the players are emotional you know they're literally giving it their all like they've been working all year for the playoffs and so I I think that one Kyrie, a bit of fans. Uh, if you don't live in the Boston area, I think maybe, maybe some people are lining up to Kyrie Irving. Cause I, I think that was a, I don't see how you could hate Kyrie after that. He was flipping off the fan stuff. I love that. Like I, like, I love that. Like in baseball, when, uh, Jose Bautista's like pimping the bat flip in the playoffs. Like I, I live for that stuff. Like sports needs that. That's what makes it fun. So i'm all for it uh i really hope i really hope the nets just give it to him game two like it'd be amazing just seeing Kyrie drop 40 and they win by 20 and it's like all right let's go to brooklyn like come on like that just back and forth yeah uh yeah that that's what i thought was kind of cool about that series i'm gonna be honest in terms of everything else in the playoffs I Don't really care about any other matchup. I,
0: I, I personally, <laughs> I love the matchup between the Grizzlies and the Terror Wolves, though. Oh, I think it's that crazy, is good. That is matchup. a good matchup. That's fun.
1: Uh, right now, Memphis is actually up 17 on the T Wolves with two minutes left in the third in game two, but Minnesota had a very big win game one. Uh, so Isn't, we'll see how this they're still goes. in
0: Memphis, though, aren't they?
1: Yeah, so one and two home team or higher seed. Three, four lower, five higher, six lower, seven higher.
0: Right. So hopefully, I mean, when they go back to Minnesota, I guarantee you that crowd's gonna be absolutely pumping. And it's gonna Yeah, and
1: and whatever that arena is called, they will be they'll be loud and they'll be proud. It's target Target for the it's target also for basketball. Mm -hmm. Damn, Target has a monopoly over the Minnesota
0: sports target target fields. Yeah. We
1: went to a game there also want to say amazing um, ballpark great um, ballpark we love target field uh
0: minnesota uh, uh target target is headquartered in minnesota It's founded there so fun fact
1: that would make a lot of sense <laughs> yeah,
0: like best buy Just
1: i mean buy i, I actually court. feel like that's a fact you probably tell me every single time uh i visit you in minnesota but you know what? it's nice to have that reminder i definitely yeah. will not remember that uh
0: no no one does uh <laughs> um, yeah what, that's kind
1: of it for the playoffs i, I really don't care one, about anything one thing else that
0: i so i haven't i haven't watched this yet but i've seen pictures and clips from it but i have you seen anything from the hbo max winning like series winning time it's a, it's about the uh the lakers and uh i i think when they had magic johnson yes yeah, so. yeah
1: so i've actually just seen the first episode i'd literally just watched it a couple nights ago uh i thought it was amazing uh i'm like really excited to watch the rest of it uh I- i'm not giving any spoilers but uh well i mean there, there technically are no spoilers this is history Life. Yeah. uh but uh in the first episode they started off with uh magic getting his uh hiv diagnosed it's like that's the first scene it's like what? it's just a total like oh we're getting right to it uh my
0: uh my favorite i have so i haven't seen any of it yet i I really want to it's on my list but um my favorite picture i've seen from it so far is of larry bird they just did larry bird oh the casting is hilarious hilarious. it is so funny uh
1: i i think uh some casting jobs that they absolutely smashed the whoever plays jerry west Oh my God, my Jerry, fa- West. Jerry West. I've only seen one episode, and he's my new favorite person in NBA. Like, Jerry West oh my is God, apparently
0: filing a lawsuit against HBO because he doesn't like the portrayal of him in the TV show. But I'm I going to be honest.
1: They completely explain everything as to why he acts like that. And like for me, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest NBA head. I didn't really know anything. But uh, so let's just say. Uh, when Bill Russell was winning all his rings, somebody had to lose to him. And that somebody was Jerry West. So I think Jerry West is one in nine in the NBA Finals. Uh, he got one ring uh, and he also won a Finals MVP in a playoff series that he didn't win. So <laughs> I guess back then, the uh, Worlds or not World Series, the uh, NBA uh, Championship MVP, I guess. Back then, it wasn't necessarily just the best player of the winning team; it was just the best player of the series. So, yeah. they they have a great clip of Jerry West taking his MVP trophy and smashing it through a window because he just he doesn't care about it at all. Yeah, you want to win.
0: It's
1: winning. Time. He embodies winning. He is he is an ultimate. I mean, he wasn't the ultimate winner because he didn't win, but he is an ultimate competitor. Yeah, that's what um, I'm going to say.
0: Little Chico, code, by the way, if you ever play uh, 2K you go to the uh, to the Lakers dream team you're just playing anybody just man Jerry West you'll never miss a three-point in your life I swear
1: I mean like low-key the all-time Lakers team in 2k is like just the most disgusting basketball team ever created you have Magic or Jerry West the other ones coming off the bench Kobe LeBron James uh and then you have Kareem and Shaq uh, then you got Elgin Baylor, James Worthy, just chilling on the bench.
0: <laughs> hey, don't forget my Don't forget Paul. Powell. Paul Gasol.
1: Don't forget Powell, too. And then, of course, uh, you got Derek Tyler. Derek Fisher. Oh. Oh. Jinx. But, yeah, Derek Fisher. Speaking of Derek Fisher, uh, well, we'll get to that in a sec. But one thing I love uh, – come free agency time, uh, off season time NBA. And it's really, really relevant this year, considering the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, but you got to love not only the, the amazing free agency that is the NBA off season, literally the greatest free agency in all of sports is the NBA. But let's take a look at the NBA coaching carousel. So a couple of, uh, a couple of big name coaches are kind of expressing, you know, hey, I'm, I might not want to be here much longer. So that includes uh, Greg Popovich. He's saying, like, eh, Spurs, I don't know, maybe it's time to hang it up. Uh, Doc Rivers, uh, we, we see how things are going in Philly right now. I know they're up, they're up in their series, but I mean, we'll see how it pans out long term in the end. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Coach Mike Shashevsky, Coach K. Uh, recently retired, uh, coming off a atrocious loss to his arch nemesis. Uh, He is also a name, but, you know, I love going on Twitter. Oh, Nick Nurse also. That's the the last one. But I love going on uh, NBA Twitter and just seeing all the Laker fans uh, just predicting their coaches for the next season. So I've seen uh, head coach, Coach K, uh, and the assistant coaches, all three of the names I just mentioned. So, you know. Pop, Nick Nurse, and Doc Rivers, all his assistants. And that'll be the coaching staff for the Lakers. Now, here's here's my opinion. I think LeBron James has one season left in LA. If not, I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see him staying in LA. So you tell me what coach would want to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, the oldest team in the league, where LeBron will... Very good chance he's dipping after the season. I don't care about his house and Bronny at Sierra Canyon. I don't care. Uh, it's LeBron James. He will do what is best to end his career. I think I have uh, the man for the job. Yeah. So, something I was thinking of uh, instead of all those names, uh, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's be a little realistic here, guys. My uh, not so hot take, because it'll probably end up being true, is the Los Angeles Lakers will uh, hire Derek Fisher as their head coach for the 2022-2023 NBA season. And if not Derek Fisher, I think they'll look at, I don't know, maybe another uh, ex-Laker, maybe another really respected uh, and well-behaved ex-Laker, someone kind of like Metta World Peace. Uh, And he just had a very successful coaching stint with the women's varsity pally high basketball team so i mean that's another name that i'm kind of looking at uh but yeah come on guys it's the lakers uh it's lebron the james show. there's literally been one one elite coach lebron's had in his career uh eric spolstra that that is it i mean maybe you could say ty Lu. I, I apparently Ty Lue's like an amazing coach now. I mean, I've, I, mean I have no also, idea. I don't team, keep up with the NBA.
0: That team was just gross.
1: No, yeah. So. And I mean, so I, I guess maybe Ty Lue and Spolstra. I, I couldn't even name any of his coaches when he was on the Cavs uh, pre heat. Literally couldn't name any of them. Who, no
0: idea. Who was his coach? Who was his coach right before they had um, what's his name in the Lakers? Frank Vogel yeah
1: hasn't has, luke, it, has he, it hasn't it always been frank Moe? no
0: he, um former player on the lakers he uh once he got fired he went to the kings i think he was there that luke first season. i think luke he... Wong, i think luke Walton sure. was there the first season
1: maybe i think, uh, I think
0: luke Walton was there the first season
1: no yeah but i i just don't think any uh i don't think any of those elite coaches would want to Coach LeBron James, especially at this point in his career, I, mean, GM, look, I don't. Look, I just don't. <laughs> they
0: got they got Steve Nash to be the head coach of the Nets. Given all the talent that they have on the Nets, players that kind of kind of cross like that.
1: Well, it's not LeBron James. Like I know I it's KD but... and Kyrie Biggie, but it's like, dude, who nobody wants to coach LeBron. Like literally nobody.
0: I think like, I think that that Derek Fisher honestly is a, a, a pretty good option.
1: I, I, I just think Derek <laughs> sure, Fisher, I just think it'd be hilarious. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say that'll probably so, be so a... so what
0: would you think of Dennis Rodman being the head coach of Lakers?
1: Uh I'd say he has zero interest in coaching, so oh. that's just off the table. Uh if he was I maybe he could be like uh the director of vibes, you know, he could like take him yeah. out to Vegas and stuff, but yeah. I don't think a coaching job would suit his personality or anything that he would want to do right now with his life uh but yeah yeah, that's that's nba uh, i i literally could not tell you anything else going on other than uh i i don't know hopefully the nets make the series i hope that goes seven that's just an amazing series but yeah
0: i think that that um that series, and then obviously, we'll see how the game goes today with the Grizzlies and the Turtles. But Those are the two big series to watch. Could be upsets. I don't really even know if the Nets is technically an upset, just given the fact that they're just the Nets. But
1: I, I, I'm like pretty sure the Nets are like the fourth highest favorite to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, but like the Celtics are like the third highest favorite, so it's like. Um, I, I, whoever wins that series will be feeling themselves uh, so
0: I mean I, I, I mean, personally yeah. I personally don't think the heat are worth a number one seed. I think that that you know I think we said this on a, on a podcast earlier, but, but the differential between the top team and the bottom team and uh, the east it's only 10 east games. It's only ten games and then in the west it's 30. so
1: yeah big difference there obviously that Uh, makes it more
0: competitive like any team can make it but it also means for the number one seed you're not really a number one seed you know you're like on the same playing field as everybody else
1: no yeah i i agree with that like obviously home field advantage will help uh i just want to say though, the miami heat might be the most disrespected one seed in the history of the nba uh like people forget they just made a finals run like two years ago uh and uh they they took that to six games. So like
0: <laughs> Jimmy Butler took that to six games. Let's no, yeah,
1: but I that. mean they still have Jimmy. They added Lowry, they got like PJ Tucker. I mean, they got they got they got dogs on the Ola is not. I mean there if anymore, Duncan Robbins, I think he's hurt. I think he's Ola Depot's hurt, hurt. Uh but like if Duncan's shooting, I mean Tyler Hero is Tyler Hero, but uh, like hey, I mean that team, yeah, I think they're just so disrespected for a one seed uh but yeah that that's enough NBA talk I'm getting bored uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) MLB we got we got we got some stuff to go over the MLB
1: Um, uh yeah let's uh let's start off with the probably the hottest topic in the MLB right now Dave Roberts uh decides to pull Clayton Kershaw during a perfect game through seven innings and like 80 pitches uh yeah, Dave, what the hell, man? What, what are you doing, man? What the hell, dude? What, like, and, and it's like you know, that was my first first glance reaction. Uh, then I let it sink in a little bit, and I was, I was kind of like, hey, you know what? Yeah, like, Clayton, you know, based on a normal schedule, he he should be like in spring training right now in terms of his throwing. Uh, like he shouldn't be ready to be throwing like nine inning games. But then again, there have only been 23 players in MLB history to have thrown a perfect game. 23. And Clayton Kershaw, I have never seen Kershaw dealing like that, like, ever. Like, no, it's been a like, long time since I've seen him just dicing like mention, up everybody.
0: He still did that in this past game that he played uh, as the Braves at or it might have been the Reds game. I think it was the Reds game. Last game of the Reds series. No, it was Braves. Oh, it was, it was, it Braves. was the Braves. He got uh, diced
1: up a little bit at the end, but he was pitching very well. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: you know, I, I mean, I understand it, and you know, Kershaw said that he went up to to Dave, and and, and he was like, hey, like I don't want to go over eighty pitches or whatever. No, I I, I mean,
1: honestly, Clayton Kershaw, at least publicly expressing that he was fine with it, that made me feel way more fine with it. Uh, But, uh, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, Kershaw has been pretty much hurt, like, every year. Like, he didn't – he wasn't available in the playoffs last year, year before uh, 2020. I don't think he was hurt during the short year, but he might have been. Uh, he was And then 2019, he was, like, out half the year. And so I mean Yeah the dude just has like a horrible back now. So
0: I, I, mean, I can understand his constantly.
1: concerns.
0: I I yeah, I mean for the greater good of the uh, of the Dodgers in the future, that probably was a smart call. I don't necessarily know how much 20 pitches would really affect a man, but um because honestly in that situation it probably would have been about twenty pitches. So no,
1: yeah, and I mean honestly, I mean even if he goes up there let's let's say he throws like 40 pitches to get these last two outs like i mean i i guess that'd be i guess that'd be
0: bad 40 40 pitches probably if he threw
1: 120 yeah i think that'd be bad but uh yeah uh part of me hates it, it but but another part of me gets it and i'm fine with it but yeah kind of kind of all over the place with that uh other than uh other than that, mishap, uh, since we last recorded, the Dodgers have not lost a game. Uh, they're currently they're on a losing roll. To currently Braves. tied. Yeah, they're currently losing 1 0 to the Braves. Uh, it's Freed versus Walker Bueller today. So kind of got a all star pitching matchup. And Matt Olson just walked. Runners on first and second, second no outs. That's no lovely. Outs. Uh, but. I don't know. I have I've just been really impressed a couple things this past weekend. Uh, so I ended up getting to go to the game Saturday. Uh, first Audrey game I've been to since we went together last year for the giants game. But, uh, it, it was just amazing to see Freddie seeing Trey for the first time. Uh, I got to watch, uh, Julio versus Hunter green and Hunter green's another really big name prospect. Uh, he's from notre dame high school in la one of the well, top high schools like... uh he was uh amazing he actually broke yeah. the mlb record for most 100 mile an hour plus pitches in a single game
0: he, he he like every single clip i saw he was throwing like 102 like that was his like average was like oh
1: consistent he he was gassing him up and he's uh, a starter no yeah stream extremely impressive and it was very similar to his first start. He went five scoreless and then got blew, got lit up in the six. And that happened in his first start against the Braves. The Braves. And then he did that again against the Dodgers. I, I, I know he got lit up in his last inning, but to, to pitch 10 shutout innings against the Braves and Dodgers in your first two MLB starts.
0: That's really impressive. I mean, he's going to need Thomas Clapper. John in, in about seven months. But... Already
1: had it. Don't need to you worry can, about that anymore. You can get I'll, it Already had it. Don't, it doesn't work like that
0: it can be reoccurring it, it literally
1: doesn't work like that walker Bueller had his tommy john he's chilling now he throws gas no like I, i'm telling you right now like once you like my my boy had it too they they'll they'll put like an acl in your arm it's like i uber- thought i thought that it's like I mean, better it's- than before
0: <laughs> I thought that that the ligament uh, can can get aggravated again. You Pretty sure they
1: a... put an ACL in your elbow, and that's just an uber muscle to be there. That just so what I'm hearing. What there. I'm hearing
0: is if you're a future, no, like low key MLB get Tommy prospect, John in high
1: Tom, school, like, like get it in high school, and then you learn how to, then you reinvent yourself. Your first year in the minors with your new arm, and you're just gonna be throwing a hundred two like Hunter Green. So. I mean, come on, guys, come on. But, okay, that, that's enough Hunter Green, Hunter Green uh, dick riding. So let's talk a little Dodgers. Been really impressed with my standout boys. Will Smith, he's been having a lot of off days, but the other catcher, Austin Barnes, is technically the best hitter on the team right now. So the catchers have been performing amazingly. But also my boy, Gavin Lux.
0: What is oh he? He's bad. Is he still batting above 400?
1: He might have just dipped below, but dude has like a 900 OPS right now. He Gross. literally barely went out last night; like popped up to the warning track. Lux is here. Lux is here to stay. He is he is the everyday second baseman for the future for the Dodgers. So my
0: question is, I don't I don't know what Gavin Lux's contract situation is looking like right now. So obviously the the ideals been resigned. Trey Turner this year so
1: the way the ml the way like mlb contracts we'll all get into that Let, let's talk like trey turner, free agent. so okay. trey's a free agent uh real quick on trey something uh, my dad pointed out to me according to trey turner the los angeles dodgers did not contact him one time the entire offseason about a contract extension which to me made me a bit upset but when i when i kind of think about it if they're not going to pay Corey Seager their homegrown baby boy shortstop they're not going to pay him they're not going to pay Trey either and I just from this perspective for me the three fielding positions where they don't need to be good hitters they need to be good fielders though is catcher shortstop and center field uh I think the Dodgers would be okay having their shortstop for the next couple of years with Freddie Freeman, Mookie, uh, and all of those big name guys. I think it'd be okay if their shortstop is the nine hitter for the next couple of years. I think that'd be okay.
0: Do you think that obviously if they don't use that money to sign Trey Turner with the upcoming free agent class we talked about in the last week's episode, um, you can also find that on TikTok by the way. With all these pitchers, you know, like specifically like the big name becomes like Chris Sale. Like, I don't think DeGrom's going to go out of the match, but like like Chris Sale, right? Like, do you see the 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 Dodgers signing one of these big named pitchers instead of signing Trey, Trey Turner or another player? Like just specifically for, uh, you know, the bullpen or do you think the bullpen's probably about good how it is?
1: So, I mean, something that just popped into my head, uh, like in terms of relievers, you can get those guys for cheap and you can get them on like one year deals. So, like, that's not like too big of a concern. And it's it's the Dodgers we're talking about. So, the relievers, that just goes in the luxury tax and they don't care about paying it. So, all Gucci uh, for the Dodgers when it comes to relievers and paying them. But something that kind of just crossed my mind that I think could be interesting, complete speculation. And I don't, I think there's like a 0.001% chance this happens. But knowing it's the Dodgers, it's probably like thirty percent chance. What if the what if the Dodgers just just sign Aaron Judge next year? I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind having Judge be in the outfield. Then just move Chris Taylor to shortstop. I mean, do you that kind of sounds tasty to me?
0: <laughs> do you think though that he would leave re- the Yankees? <sighs>
1: Well, so Judge, he's a free agent this year, and uh, he also failed to come to a, an agreement with the Yankees on a contract extension. Uh, now, the thing, it is Aaron Judge. I don't think this like completely uh, like takes him out of the contention of going back to the Yankees. I still think there's a better chance of him going back to the Yankees than not. I'm just saying, I found it very interesting. The Yankees didn't push harder to lock that up before the season yeah, I mean, their, That's their why child. I'm surprised. He's, he's their baby boy. Yeah. He's literally, it, like the Dodgers, their baby boys, Seager and Belly, that's the Yankees' baby boy, Aaron Judge. So I was kind of shocked to hear that. Uh, and so them and Trey Turner's same literal situations, but I think in terms of how it actually play up, completely different. I think Trey's 100% gone. I think there's 0% chance he comes back. But Judge, I still think more likely he'll come back than not. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, for the other players. So one thing I kind of noticed, a lot of those top uh, tier players on that TikTok I just made, a lot of them have a player option for next season. So technically, they could hit free agency or they can opt back in with their teams. Kind of forgot to mention that, but that's okay. Uh, But... uh, yeah, so like Degrom, uh, like Rodon, pitchers like that, they have a player option; they could go back. Uh, but I don't know. I think I think a guy like Carlos Rodon, I think he's been off to a really good start this year. For a guy like him, if he performs really well this year, he will hit free agency again and get his big contract. You know, like yeah. Uh, the same but, thing
0: with it is with Correa too, I believe.
1: Yeah, no. Correa is in the same boat too. He has player options. Uh, like if Bauer comes back, he also has a player option. Oh, um, I,
0: I firmly believe if Bauer does come back, he's probably not leaving. I I don't
1: know, I don't f- know I, who I, he I want to sign. I think him. he'll take another year. He'll take the his extension, but I don't think long term he's welcome no, no, in no, Los no. Angeles. I don't think um, so
0: either. I'm just saying, like, if I'm Trey Turner, I know no one's going to no, sign yeah. me, so I'm just going to take the No, yeah. Me the Trey idea. Turner
1: knows he's getting a bag. Uh, so you I mean, mean,
0: you mean I'm Bauer? Sorry.
1: Oh, oh, no, no, no. yeah, different scenario for Bauer, but yeah, Trey yeah. Turner, on the other hand, he has no complaints. Not I meant, I meant, I meant Trevor. Regardless, Bauer. if he has a good season, yeah. Um, I'm, I
0: meant Bauer is coming back to LA, probably taking that extension. And then, yeah, because he knows it's not going to be signed.
1: Uh, in terms of like guys like Gavin Lux, like Will, <laughs> Gavin Lux, Will, Will Smith Belly. Uh, so like the way MLB contract works, you are not a free agent until you spend seven years of MLB service time. So, it's like Gavin day. Lux, Gavin Lux is in like, I think he's played like a hundred MLB games. So he's like not even through one season yet. So what year is it? Twenty twenty two. Gavin Lux will be a free agent in 2029. Uh, uh, I think so. Kind of funny, kind of funny to think about, but yeah, he'll So he's basically be a free agent under the 2029.
0: Same con- he's basically on the same contract that Freddie Freeman is now. Uh,
1: the only thing is, uh, they get absolutely screwed. Uh, like Will Smith yeah. right now, he's a top three hitting catcher in baseball. He makes like 500k. Uh, Walker Buehler makes four mil. Uh, the only like young kind of dodger guy who's been able to get a little bit of money is cody uh That's he's getting paid he was like an, he
0: was an MVP though
1: he's getting paid like 10 or 15 that and also in like year five or six there's this thing called arbitration i don't really understand it but it's a stupid system so the way it works the the mlb player so let's say cody bellinger he offers what he thinks he should be paid to a completely random, completely uninvolved, non-biased judge, like a court judge. Then the Los Angeles Dodgers file what they think Cody Bellinger should be paid, and they give that to the judge. Then the judge looks at both payments, thinks about it, and he can either choose one of the payments or make up his own, and that's the payment the player gets. (laughs) It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, but... Cody Bellinger, like so arbitration, that's one thing. Uh the so, other thing is uh players, let's just say the team you can avoid arbitration. Arbitration's bad for the team, good for the player. Right. You know, the judge, the judge taking the player's side. But teams can just avoid arb and just offer the player a contract. So Cody was like, I want 10. They're like, here. Yeah the judge might be like, he won an MVP. I think he deserves 25, you know? <laughs> who knows? Just, who imagine, knows who just
0: imagine what that would be like. Like, let's let's go into like the NFL, NBA, right? Like, we'll just use the NFL yeah. if, if we had like, I don't know, let's say Kyler Murray right now, or or what, one of the receivers, like Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel right now goes to yeah. arbitration and, and he's like, this is All how right. much I think that I should get. And the 49ers match that, it's going to be like, like a, a $300 million contract. Yeah, if this in was in the NFL, that'd like that would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Because like the, and the I, numbers are crazy. the so judge much.
1: is a 49ers fan, it could go two ways. The, he could either be a massive Debo fan, boost him, or he's a big 49ers fan, kind of understands salary cap and just lowballs Debo's to help the team out. He's like, it's like, I was go like either De- way. Debo, Debo, you're,
0: you're going to have a $5 million salary now for seven years seven years five million dollars yeah it's like yeah
1: debo you're actually gonna be taking a 40 percent pay cut (laughs) uh no that'd be hilarious uh in the nfl uh i know but uh yeah (laughs) no yeah mob contracts are stupid i don't get it makes no sense uh so yeah gavin lux you'll hit free agency 2029 looking forward to that class
0: i don't even know who else is in that class maybe <laughs> luis arise on the on the twins and I don't, I don't
1: know nah he's been in the league for a sec he's been uh, in the league for like a year and a half no yeah but it's crazy that mlb for those first seven years they own you 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 cannot leave that team unless you're traded you know just
0: does not sound good in the way that you say it right? <laughs> yeah
1: no really it doesn't but if you land in like a good spot it's kind of lit like
0: yeah, if, you have, uh, if you've ever played uh the MLB the show and you're like on the road to the show, you know that that first contract you're getting you're going from like 50k to 75k. and That's all you're getting for like 10 years. Like, there's yeah, nothing there's
1: else. like, dude. I can't. You're like, dude. I'm I, I hitting 50 home runs a year and I'm not even making six figs.
0: You're, you're like, <laughs> dude. Dude, I'm I'm pitching a .2 ERA. I'm the best pitcher <laughs> in the MLB. I, I had I,
1: 400 strikeouts
0: last year <laughs> i had on top of that i had 50 home runs a batting average of 0. 0.87 a 2.0 ops like i'm getting paid 50k a year i'm the lowest player on your salary cap
1: yeah just some bad video game logic from that game uh yeah Uh, I don't really know what else uh to say for that uh <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm, you know. I'm, yeah rest of baseball uh yeah one last thing I want to say my NL team to kind of look out for this year not even just NL team just team in general to watch uh St. Louis Cardinals I'm keeping my eye on them uh Nolan Arenado's had like the hottest start uh like hottest start like ever to his career uh their lineup's really good with him O'Neal uh you now they got Bader on the back end too. I think Cardinals, little team to watch out for. Uh I hate the Cardinals with so a burning passion. And but hey, when they're good, you gotta watch out. People forget they have the second most uh rings MLB history, St. Louis yeah. Cardinals. So yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so for this last little segment here, I'm thinking the MLB, not MLB, NFL draft in about a week. We can go over uh, what I've got for the NFL first round. Uh, might have uh, one more mock draft going up on the TikTok oh, oh, this week.
1: Oh, real quick, I forgot one so, last thing I wanted to bring up about the MLB. I have a little bit of a hot take. Okay. Uh, so coming in this season, uh, even for me, I'd say I'm just a casual MLB fan. I don't really think it was like too well known, but. There's a brand-new Japanese prodigy in the MLB by the name of Seiya Suzuki, who signed with the Chicago Cubs. He's an outfielder. Uh, and, I mean, Otani doesn't field anymore, but Otani was also an outfielder. Uh, my take is uh, Seiya Suzuki will finish this, his rookie year in the MLB with a better hitting season than Shohei Otani. Not Shohei year. Otani's rookie year, Shohei Otani this year uh interesting and I I just think he has opportunities to shine he has opportunities to get RBI numbers the Cubs after getting rid of Rizzo uh Chris Bryant Javi Baez uh like the only the only guy they kind of kept around was Contreras so Uh, I think Seiya Suzuki is going to be moving up in that lineup. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities, get a lot of RBIs and stuff. Uh, As of right now, this season, uh, Seiya has a 430 batting average, uh, 560 on base with a 930 slugging. So he almost has a 1500 OPS. He already has four bombs this year. Uh, Yeah, that's my take. Seiya Suzuki over Otani.
0: Considering the Cubs have played so far, I would say that's very good.
1: He's had some tough pitching curve. matchups, too. So, yeah, they yeah. had to play Brewers' first matchup of the season. So uh, Which
0: I believe they upset, by the way.
1: Yeah, they, I, I think they swept them. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I think Suzuki actually played. I think Suzuki played very well that – I mean, obviously – No, he, he did, yeah. The numbers uh,
1: he asked, but... but it's like, yeah, so that, that's my hot take. But, yeah, sorry for cutting you off.
0: Um, NFL mock draft. Yeah no so with the, with the, with the NFL draft in uh, you know a, a week from the day that this goes up um, we might have uh, a kind of a final mock draft go up on 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 Twitter and TikTok um, but that's not guaranteed so for right now this could possibly be the final mock draft of the year uh, this draft comparison to especially like last year's draft like. I had a lot easier of a time last year developing a mock draft and being able to kind of prospect where players will go. And I did really well with that last year. This year it's a crapshoot. Um, so, you know, you can just check check out our TikTok. Um, we will have some takes on there. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, uh, I'd say they're pretty good. Uh, at Waterboy Pod. But, so we can just start <laughs> off here. Pick one, Aiden Hudson. it's clean cut and dry. I don't really think that there's any kind of competition there. Uh, at two, we have Ahmad Garner. I, I like it for the basis that I know that a lot of people are either thinking, you know, he's going to the Jets or whatever. Like, he's not going to, but he fits the personality that Coach Campbell wants to have in detroit and specifically the personality that we saw from the team last year they're competitive gritty no matter what you know they're always kind of like not necessarily showboating but they're they're in there they're they're in the grit and the grind and that's the way that you know sauce Gardner strikes me uh and honestly that could be a little interesting him and uh
1: him and jeffrey okuda being a little corner duo in detroit Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that could be could be something.
0: Um at three, we got Evan Neal. Texans can really take anybody, but I think that if they're really trying to build around Davis Mills and the offense, uh, that all starts in the offensive line. Obviously, they have Laramie Tunsell, but that only is one half the line. They don't really have anybody else. And Evan Neal's a freak. Like if you look at his combine, you looked at what he yeah. looked like in the combine. I think that having another big body opposite Laramie Tunsil, like that fortifies the tackle position. And that's arguably, I, I, unless you really want to count center, cause they have to know calls, but that, that's arguably the two most important sides of, of the offensive line is, is your blind sides. Um, at four, we got cave on, you know, if he's slipping enough, like it doesn't really matter what people think of him. I think the Jets will take him just on the basis of he's there. Like you don't really, people don't really think that he's going to be there. So. Having available there is, I think, a very big up, and you will just take that risk, especially with another pick in the draft in the first round.
1: Yeah, wait. So to four, who who's picking at four again?
0: The Jets are picking at four, so it's Kayvon Thibodeau okay. to the Jets at four. Uh, at five, the uh, the Giants are gonna are gonna take Trayvon Walker. I think everybody's kind of mocked him up and are now overhyping him. I don't necessarily think teams are gonna be like oh, he's here at two. The Lions are going to pick him at two. Like I don't see that. I think that he's he's got enough credibility now to be in the top 10. I think just on the basis of what the Giants are and the basis that their coach that they got for the defensive line is Coach Patterson from the Vikings who developed Neil Hunter, who is basically what Trayvon Walker is mocked up to be. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. that I see that being a very good development there.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, no, I, I think... I think that Trayvon Walker could, uh, I think he could, uh, he could really become one of the next really dominant pass rushers. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not like really comparing these guys exactly, but when I just looked at his numbers, he looks extremely athletic and kind of makes me think of a, uh, another DN recently came out Montez sweat who ran like a four, four. He's just freakishly athletic. It's like, how is this guy a DN? Uh, i think guys like that are becoming really valuable in the nfl those fast dns uh so yeah i i think that that is a name that i will be keeping my eye on for the next couple of years in the nfl
0: i think uh, he's gonna need some development i think he's raw as no athlete.
1: of course of course like especially when when you got numbers like that you're kind of getting drafted like on your athletic talent uh but you can develop. You can develop pass rushing skills in the NFL. They're NFL D line coaches. They can improve you. Uh, yeah.
0: So then at six, uh, the Panthers are going to get Malik Willis. I think that just Coach Rule is on his last leg, and I think that if you, no, yeah. he attaches himself to another quarterback, mm-hmm. that I, I agree that with that. That whole
1: storyline. I agree with that whole little narrative. You're kind of thinking of Matt Ruley. He kind of buys yeah. himself a lot of time. So yeah, I think that makes sense. If it doesn't happen, uh, it, at least Matt Ruley is screaming in the GM's. Uh, he's sliding in his DMs and his texts all the time, like, "Hey, hey, you see that Malik Willis clip back at the pro day? I, I know it was a while ago, but you see it again. You know, definitely, yeah. definitely ahead, sending him a, a bunch bit. of highlights and stuff all the time. Yeah, uh,
0: otherwise he might take some Bill O'Brien control over the draft and uh, go his own way. Yeah, um, no, but
1: I I think definitely a quarterback will be going top ten. It, yeah, it
0: just. I think I think I think Malik Willis. It's it's a I, I'm gonna be I'll be shocked if Malik Willis is not the first quarterback selected off the board, based on what we seen. Yeah, me too. In me his too. pro day, pro, pro day, what we saw at the combine, uh, his character. He's his definitely successes.
1: improved the most, or he's definitely helped his stock the most out of all these quarterbacks. Not and to there mention, there was no clear cut quarterback going into it, so. Not to mention the senior.
0: The senior goal.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely improved his stock the most ever since the end of the college football season. 100%. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: and then quickly just running through seven through 10, Giants take Ekwanu, big tackle, needed they didn't refortify the offensive line. Garrett Wilson to the Falcons, best receiver in the class, needed receivers pretty straight. Uh, nine, uh, Seattle against Charles Cross, tackle from Mississippi State, offensive line sucks, new quarterback, young quarterback. <laughs> That's about it. Also
1: speaking Seahawks, uh Baker Mayfield, I'm pretty sure is rumored to either them or the what team's Robbie Anderson? The Panthers. Yeah. Panthers. <laughs>
0: one of the- Robbie Anderson is not one there at all. Yeah, yeah. Um 10 Jets select Drake London, second best receiver that's available. At that point, uh, you know, they need a receiver help. Zach Wilson dropped last year. Makes sense. Get him a get him an assist with weapon you defense really in the game having one of the best defensive tackles, if not the beat, not defensive defensive end, if not the best defensive end in the draft, according to scouts or some scouts, and then following that up with some, what some people think is the best receiver in the draft. People comp to Mike Evans. I would say it's a pretty good first round. Uh, 11, Kyle Hamilton, still available. It's the Washington Commanders. I would be surprised if they didn't jump on that. They do need safeties. Landon Collins is not that great. Uh 12. Derek Stingley still available makes perfect sense for the Vikings. I don't really need to say much given the fact of how much I've talked about the Vikings getting Derek Stingley. LSU <laughs> Pedigree uh, in Minnesota. 13. Surprise pick here. Chris Olave off the board at 13. I think that the Houston Texans. I oh, think that. God.
1: Oh, career ender. <laughs>
0: I think that yes. they're going to keep along the trend. You know, there's a lot of corners and stuff that they can draft early in the next round. Uh, going Evan Neal, refortifying the offensive line, giving Davis Mills more time in the pocket to then throw to both Brandon Cooks and Chris Olave re- reinvents that entire offense. I think Chris Olave is a big steal at 13. Uh, teams might trade up for him, but I think that he's definitely the third, if not the second best receiver in this draft um so 14 ravens trent mcduffie they need a the quarterback opposite uh marlon Humph. um yeah marlon humphrey marcus peters getting up there getting injured kind of slot guy or it's the outside but either way they, they need they need a third second quarter uh to play opposite uh 15 devon lloyd utah linebacker could be there could be to kobe dean doesn't really matter uh, However, Nekobe Dean did end up falling a lot in this trap, which just kind of happened that way. Uh, JMO going to the Saints, 16, pretty clear, cut, and dry there. Uh, 17, Jordan Davis. I did ponder around uh, getting them an offensive you know, guard tackle. Some of that. They're, they're starting right tackle, Storm Norton. Uh, I don't know if that rings a bell with you, but um, I feel like they can nope. use a better tackle in that position. Uh, especially given the fact, watch that last game between the Raiders and the Chargers. Justin Herbert was getting pressured basically every play. Uh, 18, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, just cornerback. Eagles need a corner. Pretty easy. Best corner available there. Uh, at 19, Saints falling up with Raymond, tackle, Central Michigan. They need offensive line help. Lost to Ron Armstead. Uh, Steelers. Now, this is where I got interesting. I was thinking about having them draft Traylon Burks for a receiver here, which I could see them doing. Uh, But given the fact that I, I think that they're going to actually let Mitch Trubisky play this out, Um, and I see a lot of the quarterbacks sliding in this draft, and they could get one in the second round. I think that they go Trevor Penning here, who is arguably sliding up on some boards, maybe one of the better tackles. Upside in this draft. Uh so they they round that out there at 20. Um 21, Traylon Burks to the Pats, 22 Zion Johnson, the Packers, guard help. They could draft a receiver there. However, the teams that are kind of a, a behind them before the next pick, I don't have them picking the receiver that I got here. I'm very high on the receiver the Packers got. So um Alec or sorry, Tyler Lindstrom or Linderbaum. At 23, still available, best center in the draft, Uh, just kind of makes sense. George Carl Flactus, Carl Carl, Carl Aftus at uh, 24 to the Cowboys, kind of replacing Randy Gregory there. At 25, the Bills get Sky Moore, kind of a shifty. Wide receiver, offsets, step on. uh, At 26, we had Jermaine Johnson, the second, uh, Florida State edge rusher uh really high upside minnesota native apparently by the way um people have compared him a lot towards what trayvon walker is just a kind of a freak athlete and a big size so it's interesting to see where he is i'm not super high on him i also don't know as much about him but people did originally have him as a top 10 pick for a bit after the combine uh so just someone to watch there uh 27 devontae wyatt Defensive, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia, going to the Bucks. uh, 28. This is the receiver that goes to the Packers, George Pickens from Georgia.
1: Pickens, I'm, love that. SEC I'm, for Aaron, love that.
0: I'm very high on George Pickens. I think size wise, dimensionally, and play style works perfectly with the Packers. I also think that he. Honestly, you might end up being better than, than Burks. It might end up being better than JMO in the NFL, but we'll see. Uh, 29, Chiefs get, uh, get Dotson from Penn State, follow that up with Kyrie Elon. Back to back position needs best players available for the positions that they need. 31, David Ojabo, torn ACL. Uh, was it ACL or was it Achilles? I think it might have been Achilles. Achilles. Um, yeah, torn Achilles, however, so still a first round player. I think the Bengals could use an edge rusher, especially at that capital. Uh, so why not? And then 32, Nakobe Dean has fallen all the way to 32. Uh, I think he could get picked earlier, but it's just kind of what happened when I was making the mock. I don't necessarily know, you know, he might go somewhere up above and, you know, push some players down a bit, but, uh, that is where he ended up, uh, in my mock drafts. So. That's the first round. Yeah,
1: uh, expert mock probably hit at like a ninety-five percent rate. Those picks. Um, yeah, those looking guys forward. Top. Uh, I, I hope you're completely wrong in the Olave to the Texans pick. That would be atrocious. Uh, but yeah, yeah.
0: I think I, I think it's an interesting pick. Obviously, they can, basically any position that's available is what they could pick uh realistically like you know could get a linebacker could get a corner safety they're really anything on defense uh but they do need receiver help they really only have Brandon Cooks so uh having a second receiver there who potentially could take over the number one role uh and let Brandon Cooks play out of the slot more you know burn some people I would say Chris Alavi is a pretty good bet there
1: yeah no yeah could be could be yeah. uh yeah but uh that'll uh, wrap up Everett's uh, expert mock uh version 3.0 3.0 4.0 i don't know if everybody's
0: 3. Lost 0, count 4. By now. Uh, the amount of times we've gone over the mock drafts and in, in, in this podcast i i don't even know anymore yeah uh countless times Probably all of which will be wrong or some kind of mash of all of them, some Frankenstein uh, bits. But uh, yeah, that's about all we have for this week. Uh, Just make sure that, like we said in the beginning, make sure that you guys uh, subscribe. You can get notifications every week to hear when we uh, host our newest episode. Uh, They go live Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. Uh, make sure you guys follow the TikTok. We post weekly content every other day. Um, I think that it's uh, it's a sight to see. So at Waterboy Pod, same thing on Twitter. Uh, keep up to date with all the new information. And thank you guys so much for listening.